Welcome into the November second episode of the Locked On These podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. It's a Maple Leafs game day, ladies and gentlemen. The Leafs are back on home ice, and they'll host the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Try and get things back on the rails after that awful, awful road trip out west. There are some lineup tweaks to tell you about, and an update on Timothy Lilligren as well. Some good news. We'll tell you about that and more on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On These Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also now catch us up on video formats, just look us up on YouTube. It's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, hit subscribe. Get that new Leafs content delivered directly to you each and every day, Monday through Friday, all season long. Because that's what we do here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. And um, it's been a tumultuous little week and a half here, though, Dave. It really has been. Um, and it seems like whenever there's a couple of days after a, a tough game, things start to boil. But it seems like today, maybe things, the Leafs can get things back under wraps because they got the Philadelphia Flyers coming into town, night two of a back-to-back. This should be a game in which the Maple Leafs can can try and get back on uh, on their winning way. Yeah, like uh, getting back at home, hopefully maybe being – off, you know, not being on this road trip, getting back home, getting in familiar and comfortable surroundings can maybe bring something out of this team. Although they hadn't been playing well at home either before well, they went on road Technically, trip. I think they got three and one home record uh, so yeah. far this year. The one loss coming to the Arizona Coyotes. Yes. Um, but I mean, they, they've won 75% of their home games. So I guess that's a positive that you can take out of their home record. But to your point, they just haven't been playing well at all yeah. this season. Yeah, that's really it, right? Like, you know, three and one record, very close games. So it's not like they were having great performances at home. That's kind of where I was getting aligned to saying. But no, I just think, you know what, those road trips, especially early in the season, are are tough. Yeah. Right? You can, and they, they've played a lot of hockey already for the first, you know, 10 games. Like, it's... It's quite. It's not easy. I mean, obviously, early in the season, you're expecting the guys to be kind of, you know, in a groove a little bit. But that's that's a tough road trip to do right in the beginning of the season. So maybe being back at home that gets some kind of back to uh, and just a reset. Sheldon Keefe kind of said after practice today, it's a new month. We're gonna look forward. We're gonna turn the page. Yeah, turn the page. Turn not just one page. Maybe just throw that book into the fire. <laughs> and never speak of it again. Yeah. Ch- chapter one was so bad. We're going to toss it into the fire, start a new book. And the new book starts 
tonight with a game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And we're going to see some new lineups too, Dave, tonight, which I, I appreciate, I guess. When you come off a tough road trip, I think, you know, going back to the same old, same old gets stale, I suppose. Although, oh, there's been a lot of change, actually, over the last couple of games. He has kind of thrown the lines into a blender. And the top six is pretty much what we started the year off with. Um, so this is what the lineup looks like going to tonight's game. But there are some differences to the bottom six, and more in particular to the blue line, which we'll get to in just a moment. But starting with the forward group, uh, Bunting, Matthews, and Marner are going to remain as the top line. Uh, Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander as the second line. So Kerfoot moves back up onto that second unit. Engvall, Pontus Holmberg gets the call up along with Callie Yarncrook as the third line. Zach Aston-Reese, David Camp, and Dennis Mulgan will be on the fourth line. Um, before we get to the bigger changes, I suppose, on the third and fourth lines in the bottom six, um, Nick Robertson, by the way, getting the scratch. We'll talk about that, too, in a second, along with Nicholas Abe-Kubel. So one of the big talking points that – did we talk about this yesterday or did I talk about this on, on Leap's Lunch? I can't remember. Sometimes the shows blend together. But Matthews and Marner, I, I think there was a talking point and a discussion today of whether or not they would separate those two mm -hmm. and, and potentially just flip Marner and Nylander for a couple of games just to kind of see if that can get everybody going a little bit. Um, but opting to roll with the the top trio of Bunting, Matthews, and Marner once again, how did you uh, – How do you? what do you make, I suppose, of kind of going back to the well with the original top six uh, lineup here? I think the benefit of sticking with it is now you're at home, you get to dictate the matchups. So you can maybe get these guys into more favorable matchups and keep them together. I personally will like to see it be a short leash if things are not going well for that mm -hmm. top line. Like if if they're not performing, sorry, they, then you got to make some moves. Like moving bunting hasn't done it. So what's the other option? As you kind of alluded to, Marner, right? Like, at some point, you just kind of have to give these guys a bit of a break, you know, just split them up for a little bit. It doesn't mean the relationship's over forever, just a little break. And then I, I that's, I think, just let them start the game, see if it can, if they can get it going. If not, then you can make the move. And at yeah. least I, I just think being at home, if this was on the road still, I would consider, I would have considered splitting them up. But now that you're at home, it's a little, I think it's a little different how you can play this. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair to say. Um, the bottom six, though, is where there's kind of the more mm -hmm. shakeup, uh, I guess you could say, because Pontus Holmberg, a guy who I don't believe has played a single game in the National Hockey League yet outside of preseason, is getting uh, put in a pretty favorable position as the third-line center uh, alongside Engvall and Yarncroft. I thought that was a little interesting. I kind of figured that Camp, like, mm -hmm. swap those two, Holmberg and Camp, and let him – center of the fourth line, but they're going to give him a little bit of a, a, a rope here. And um, I did hear Sheldon Keefe uh, earlier today. He spoke and he said that they tried a lot of people at center on the road trip and they liked the idea of having a natural center coming in, talking about uh, Pontus Holmberg. And you know, he's a guy who actually did play well in the preseason. Um, he was in the mix for that fourth line center role. Um, I, I believe he was at, at the very least ended up getting sent down, obviously, but he's, you know, 23 years old. He's kind of at that age now where your late round picks start to bloom a little bit. So perhaps, uh, you know, Pontus Holmberg, just some new life 
being uh, jolted into this lineup potentially. Yeah. And you know what? I think like David camp has been actually one of the few guys I've been impressed with yeah. over the last few games, just because, you know, he's, he is trying and maybe they just want to make sure that they're not loading up the third line too much. Like, you know, keep David camp on that fourth line and he can kind of, that's his line to manage. He can, you know, and he's worked well with Aston Reese. I thought that fourth line. You know, yeah, but Engvall's worked. He's worked well with Engvall too, yeah, right? So true. it's like uh, he's not with Engvall anymore, which is where I thought kind of he's worked well. But I think a big part of Engvall's game too is the speed. Gino Mulligan's got some speed, so perhaps they're hoping that he can bring that element of speed um, to kind of help give Camp somewhat of an outlet if they want to try and break out on the fourth line. And Malgin's with two defensively responsible players and yeah. Aston Reese and Camp. You're not, you know, Engvall and Yarncro can at least help Holmberg a little bit in, with that. If that, but I think Holmberg, I think he'll work well with with those. Some someone thought maybe you'd reunite that like line that they had during the preseason with Nylander with Holmberg, but I just think they just want to keep Nylander and Tavares together. Didn't make sense really to split them up. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that could be a two, just having some guys with, uh, just kind of balancing out a little bit, not loading up too much and leaving the fourth line to be kind of a mismatch. So obviously kind of elephant in the room here, you look at the 12 players, not yet, Dave, you're going a little too fast, going ahead of us. The elephant in the room here, if you, if you look, scroll up just a tad more. You look at the 12 players in the projected starting lineup for tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. You look in the extra column, Nick Robertson is going to be scratched tonight. Nick Robertson, a healthy scratch, which is weird considering that to bring in Holmberg, they had to send somebody down. A paper transaction was made where technically Wayne Simmons was sent and loaned to the Marlies. But like, why, if you're going to scratch Robertson, why not send him down to the Marlies and get him into a game? They play yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, that's like, I don't like this idea of flip-flopping Nick Robertson. He's either got to be playing in your lineup with the Leafs or playing with the Marlies. He should not be in the press box. Like, this is this is what frustrates me, and this is what's frustrating Leafs fans right now, is that you're flip-flopping with a guy that you should not be flip-flopping with because he's someone you need to make sure it's going to be productive for you one way or the other. It's it just, I don't think it sends a, a good message to Robertson. Has he been amazing? No. Has he been dr- awful to the fat point where he should be scratched? I don't think so. That That's my, I don't know. If, like, I, I just think that this is, you're, you're doing a disservice right now to Nick Robertson by having him in the press box. And you're, you're totally right. If he's not going to be playing in the NHL, put him in the AHL. I think the Marlies are in town. So it's not like, you know, he's far away and you can't recall him. And they got a game on Wednesday. Like he, he legitimately yeah. could have played with the Marlies that night. I don't know if he if Keith told him and has gonna have like an assignment form he's like, hey, while you're off, watch what Kerfee's doing right. And then try and, you know, pick up on that. Like a live video session, I suppose. Not video, but like, you know what I mean? Watch it live and then try and process how how things are going and, and what's right and what's wrong and maybe try and implement some of those into your game or see what you're doing wrong, what others are doing right. I don't know. Maybe that's the whole process of it, where he wants to have them up top watching the game and, and learning from it. But at the same time, I don't know if I subscribe to uh, to to that, if that is indeed the uh, 
the point of having Nick Robertson uh, scratched again um, in this game. But uh, why don't we take a quick break? And then when we get back, let's get into the blue line, Dave, because that's where things got a little spicy is with the blue line for tonight's game. Leafs and Flyers uh, tonight down at Scotiabank Arena. Before we get into it, though, Dave, I want to tell the good folks about one of our favorite sponsors of the show, Built Bar. Yeah, Mike, we're going to have to take a pause for a second. We're paused. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Great. Because you're gonna you're going to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors: cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. We're 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 going. They're they're up in their game right now. Built Bar right now. They got white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And cane cane brownie puffs. Bill Puffs are like biting into Universe's most delicious cloud. Bill Bar, like all these amazing flavors, just as we're, you know, now we're we're out of the Halloween time, we're getting into the Christmas time. So they're 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 up in their game big time. So first off, for anyone who hasn't tried Bill Bars before, they are literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. And that's built in all caps, ladies and gentlemen. The revolutionizing nutrition, as we know it, with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, 130 calories per bar. All right. Mike and I have tra- been trying these forever. Well, I've been trying ever since we started the podcast, and I've been buying these things like crazy. Can't get enough of them. People are asking me for them. They know I'm a big on these built bars. So we're going to let you in on a little secret here. You can actually save on built bars and get 15% off. With your order, if you use the code LOCKED15 at Built.com, so that will get you 15% off at Built.com if you use the promo code LOCKED15. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to Built.com, get those Built Bars. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. We put out episodes Every day, Monday through Friday, giving you all the latest news of what's going on within Leafs Nation. And we already gave you the latest of what's going on with the Ford group for tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. But it's the blue line, which is rather interesting. So why don't we pull up that tweet again and let's look through the lineup and look at what the blue line looks like. If you're on YouTube, you can look at it and you can see it right now. That second pair Certainly raises eyebrows, and we'll get to it in just a moment. But looks like it's going to be TJ Brody and Justin Hall back together. Uh, Brody, the babysitter with Justin Hall. It makes yep. a lot of sense, which means, okay, well, who's going to play with Morgan Riley, you ask? Victor Mete is currently slotted in as the second pair right shot defenseman alongside Morgan Riley, who moves back over to the left. We'll talk about that in a moment. Mark Giordano and Rasmus Sandin make up the third pair. And uh, Timothy Lilligren was back at practice today, by the way. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But, boy, was I ever surprised when I was perusing Twitter and I found out that some lineup rushes were starting to come out and people started to tweet these out. And I look at the defense and I see Riley and Mete together on the second pair. What do you make of that, Dave? Well, it's clear that Justin Hall needs a babysitter, as you mentioned. It wasn't going to be Mark Giordano. 
So could have been. It could have been very well. Could have been because it would have meant a pretty much a TJ uh, a Justin Hall demotion to the third pairing because there's no way Mark Giordano is playing top four minutes right now. Um, but the Mete and Riley one didn't surprise me as much, and the reason is is because if you're moving Brody to with Hall, they're not putting Rasmus Sandin on his right side with Martin Riley. The Leafs just don't want to go down that road. And it's funny enough because Riley played on the right side with Sandine, and maybe they were going to stick with that, but I don't think Morgan Riley wants to do it. I, I just don't think that's what he's comfortable with. So the only option you got is Victor Mete. And what I'm thinking is, and we're bringing up Timothy Lilligren, I think that's the placeholder spot for Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, completely agree with you. That's the only real explanation that I could give you for for the way this is shaken out is they're they're gonna play this game against Philadelphia. Um, you know, a a, a pretty like they're playing a lot better this season than we anticipated. Though the the underlying numbers aren't great. Like I was looking at it today, um, they're ranked thirtieth of thirty two teams for you know their expected goals. Um, differential so they're getting some really good goaltending and they actually won literally like last night uh, in overtime one nothing Carter Hart stood on his head and made like 36 saves so they're just getting some solid goaltending that was against yeah. the Rangers who are a pretty good squad but they're coming into tonight's game night two of a back-to-back played against a tough team in New York went into overtime so they should be a tired group, and the Leafs should be well-rested. They've been home for a couple of days now. Had an off day a couple nights ago. Um, a good practice yesterday. They should be well-rested and ready to go. So I guess you could sit there and say, for one game, let's see if if, if Mete can handle the load of, of you know, a, a Riley-Mete pairing. And then all of a sudden, Timothy Lilligren gets upgraded to uh, off the LTIR, and he gets – into his active position and he slides whoop right up in there with Morgan Riley. And you're looking on the Saturday, Sunday for the upcoming back-to-back Brody Hall, Riley, Lilligren, Giordano, Sandine. And that's pretty much exactly what I expected to see um, when this happened. But I just figured that they wouldn't roll the dice. I suppose on Riley Mete tonight, I thought they would just, Keep it with Sandine and Riley, but I suppose they want to try and get these other pairings, another game to build some chemistry, and then up goes Lilligren on Saturday, and then they've pretty much got their their six guys in place until a trade gets made or if Jake Muzzin comes back. Yeah, and I think the benefit, I'm going to bring up the home ice because they can put Riley Mete yeah. in those offensive situations. What That's- they could also do, what they could also do is like they don't have to be completely married to these pairings, right? Like know. if it's a defensive situation, you know, you could put Brody uh alongside or like Brody and Hall on the defensive side. But if you're offensively out there, you could toss Riley and maybe Sandine out there for an ozone draw. Mm-hmm. Or you could toss Riley and Brody out there for a, a you know a couple of shifts together yeah. just so that you're not playing Hall and Mete so much. Um, and maybe like a couple of those guys get a couple extra shifts, you know, so you don't necessarily have to be married to these exact pairs each and every time two defensemen come on and off the ice. But for the most part, these will be what we see. Yeah. And 
for one game, it'll it'll be fine. Yeah, because and, and even a lot a lot of people in our Discord were like, okay, like when's Lily coming back? Well, Friday. <laughs> like we have to. That's why LTIR like the rules are clear. He's done the ten games, but the twenty four days is the other one that needs to be needs to be done and. Yes. That's why we said it's likely not until the weekend that you see Timothy Lilligren. So Friday, he will be cleared. That means his first game, Boston Bruins. Throw him right into that fire. Oh, yeah. And he's right up in there into a, into a top pair, top four role. There's no third pair easing him in. It's, we need you, buddy. Get in there. Luckily, he had that one game with the Marlies. Uh, yeah, good, good for him. It, it was a pretty solid game. I'll say, you know, he, he played well in his conditioning stint. Was it one game or two? I know there was the one game where there was all those highlights, but he may have got into two games. But anyways, regardless, he'll be ready to play, I think, by the weekend. He was practicing with the team today. Um, he wasn't at Marley's practice, which raised some eyebrows, and then he popped up at least practice. Yeah. So was like, was, oh, okay, that's all. He's practicing he's with the club. two now. games with the Marley's, by the way. Perfect. So he's got a couple games under his belt, and then uh, yeah, he'll be thrown right into the fire. He's got a back-to-back against Boston and Carolina uh, Saturday, Sunday. Those are going to be two tough, tough teams. Um, Samsonov going to get the start also in goal with Shogren backing him up. Uh, so that's going to be the lineup for tonight's game. Um, so there's quite a few tweaks, mainly to the bottom six, and then uh, to to the blue line. There's some tweaks there as well. So Maybe that's the secret sauce that uh, that that we're trying to to formulate, or that Sheldon Keith is trying to formulate to try and get a win and get this team back uh, back on the winning way. It's a new month, it's a new uh, new chapter, new book, as we alluded to earlier. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, it can all kind of pay off. All right, we'll take one more quick break, Dave. When we get back, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, well, we got our three keys to the game first and foremost, and then. The Maple Leafs, all is good, apparently, in Leafs Nation between Sheldon Keefe and, and Mitch Marner. Let's maybe chat about that for, for half a second uh, and talk about some of the stuff that was said at uh, Morning Skate. So we'll do that and get to our three keys to tonight's game on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studio listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike Stefano with Dave Morissuti. We got a Leafs game night tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, John Tortorella's Philly Flyers. They're a tough team. They've been a good team, uh, but they're coming off a loss against the New York Rangers. So they're on the second night of a back-to-back, which means Toronto should be getting uh, a, a tired team. They're getting a rookie goaltender who's never won a game in the National Hockey League. There's a, a, a lot, a lot pointing to the fact that the Maple Leafs should most definitely win this game, but we know what happens in those games. David, what are the three keys Toronto needs to make sure that uh, the narrative is not an ugly one come Thursday morning? I, I'm sorry if I'm laughing here because everything you just listed off there is just like this is pointing to oh it's gonna be a 2-1 the team's getting goalie they're gonna outshoot them 40 to 13 and they're gonna lose 2-1 because felix sandstrom stood on his head the guy who's never won a single hockey game in his life and they're gonna leave with zero points that's exactly what that points to doesn't it yeah so first key don't make this guy look like a vesna caliber goaltender (laughs) please like like, like if like please just don't do that 
that's number one for me. Okay, that is a very fair, very fair number one to have here. Um, number two, and, and a key that I got here is like just start on time, which I think goes hand in hand with it, right? Like start on time. This is eight, eight of the 10 games so far this year. You've been scored on first. Get the first goal of the hockey game and then continue to pounce and keep it going. Come on, keep it going. Build off of it, and it all starts with a good start, right from puck drop. Um, another one, pressure the goaltender. Like, like I said, the guys yet to win in the National Hockey League. Get to the crease, crash the net, shoot everything on goal, try and get sticks and deflections, make this guy move around and swim in his crease. That should be a way to 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 open up some some shooting lanes, should be a way to open up some space in behind the goal and get some pucks in in, uh, in behind the net. So that's another one. And then just play smart, play simple though. Like just play simple. Don't make the stupid plays like they've tend to. Mitch Marner, don't be trying to twirl around up at the top of the zone and give the puck up the way you did against Anaheim. Like let's not do a billion cross-ice passes that are easily getting picked off and sent the other way on the counterattack. Keep it simple. Keep it smart. Let's win this hockey game. Another one here for me. Do you know how bad the Leafs penalty kill has been the last like, <laughs> like the last few games? Yeah, it's, not great. So either stay out of the box or please do better on the penalty kill. That's that's another one for me. Like, you know, the penalty, the special teams has has been killing the Leafs lately. So I would say. Figure out a way to stay out of the box. Don't take those stupid penalties like the turnovers that lead to breakaways and, you know, potentially not award a team a penalty shot that should have had a penalty shot, and then you take the penalty instead. So avoid those. And turnovers. Stop with the damn turnovers because you yeah. get yourself flat, caught flat-footed and you force your goaltender to have to be Patrick Waugh every five seconds in the game. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, some 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 keys there. Hopefully the Maple Leafs can go out there and check off all those boxes, come away with the full two points on paper. They totally should. But we know how things have gone when they're supposed to win games on paper. Well, go and look all but one loss so far this year have come to a non playoff team from a season ago. So and that one that was a playoff team was like the L.A. Kings. Does that even count? Nah. Probably not. They took, the Oilers to se- to, they took the Oilers seven games. Uh, yeah, I guess. You're right. You're right. But I'm not, not going to blast the Kings, I suppose. Sorry, Sarah. Didn't mean to blast them. Um, <laughs> but regardless, I, I think that this should be a, a game that Toronto realistically needs to win. Like, they need to win this one. And I hope that they go out there and play for their coach because there's just way too much way too much drama going on with this team right now a lot of it having to do with coach Sheldon Keefe having to answer questions in the media like do you feel like your job is on the line you've got guys saying do you feel like you need to play for your head coach tonight you know those aren't fun questions to answer so go out there and answer them on the ice and show yeah look how hard we're playing for Keefe because we want to keep him around here because we think what we got going can work we thought that in the summer we still think that now, now it's time to actually, you know, take action to those words and yeah. go out with an outstanding 60 minute effort. And it's on Toronto. It's all on Toronto tonight, man. Uh, Philly's not going to beat you. You're only going to beat yourselves. That's, that's the, the Maple Leaf way. 
and uh, it's 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 going to be a big one. Going to be a big one. Yeah, like if you lose to a team that's you no, know, they're they're playing tough, but they're not exactly seen as you know a top team in the Eastern Conference. Like this is a game that the Leafs will be ha- will be favored. So you got to act like a team that's favored to win the game and not a team that has to grind and fight away to scratch and claw to get a win. Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully uh, it, it does happen and we can have a, a a much better, much better conversation on, uh, on, on Thursday when we recap this game. But that'll do it for us here today on the show. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Uh, That does it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the Leafs against the Flyers, a game which you can watch tonight. Enjoy it, folks. Until then, though, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.